you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hey, everybody, this is Melissa, and I'm sorry to say Dane is not with me today, but don't hang up. It's a great interview coming on this podcast with two good friends of mine, and also one is a graduate of our EGC program, Jacqueline Menzion, and Jacqueline is in healthcare on the testing and science side of healthcare, and her wonderfully handsome husband, Tom, Dr. Tom, holds a PhD and is a certified path equine specialist in mental health and learning, and also many many, many other areas that give him incredible clinical understanding of science and how to run our science testing for the program. We're going to talk a little bit about why they got that crazy idea and the results that they got from it. But first, let's get to know them a little bit personally. So Tom and Jacqueline, Dane and I love having dinner with you guys at the Melting Pot every year. We love you as personal friends. And this morning, you're on an official capacity. How are you? We're doing great, Melissa. Doing well, Melissa. Good. Well, you guys also live in Colorado and you have your ranch that is located over there. How many horses and and animals do you have on that right now? Right now we have four horses and two large dogs, almost uh, the size of small ponies. (laughs) A woman after my own heart. I have my big Bernice Mountain dogs. So we'll say right up front, if the dogs start barking, we're leaving it in the podcast. They have something to say. So there we go. We were all saying, I hope they don't bark during the podcast, but they might. So let's start first with you guys giving better backgrounds to who you are. So Tom, would you do a better job of your background? Because you have such a varied background and I'm always careful about how I say it. So how would you say your background and what would you say it is in? Well, I'd say I've had parallel careers, Melissa, for probably the last 28 years or so. I'm actively involved in uh, law enforcement have been for many years. My primary role there is teaching and training, uh, you know, at this point. And I've also had a long career as a uh, licensed mental health professional at the doctorate level. And so I've, I've had both educational and as well as what I would call experiential positions that, you know, afforded me opportunities to engage in activities in both of those careers. And uh, things that stood out for me over the course of the years is I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, you know, doing research, you know, and I was afforded an opportunity to do that uh, when Jackie became involved in your program. And uh, we began to see the results of what was happening when the method was used on uh, the folks that she was, was working with. So been around for a while. So, Tom, you doubled back and got another doctorate recently, too. What was that one in? That was in counseling psychology and in Christian counseling. So it was a spiritual-based degree from a faith-based university. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last year. You did that nice class for our students in the program, and it was really a joy to hear all about the tie-ins that you made there. And then, Jacqueline, you have had your own career busy going on, plus you guys raised your sons as well. So you've had a hugely busy life, but tell us a little bit about what your professional career has been. Well, professionally, as you stated, I've worked in healthcare and worked solely in testing and very left brain type of work 
helping care for patients and getting what they needed with their health by providing testing and test results. So it's very dot your I's, cross your T's. It serves a role. So I did that for decades, but began to realize that there was more to me that I needed to do in order to help heal. And I went on to school and have an advanced degree in human anatomy and physiology. And at that point, I really began to understand the connection between the mind and the body. And some of what I was able to do, I could physically see that connection happening when I was working with a patient. It was like, wow, I need to do more. I need to do more. This is not enough for me. Yeah, exactly. And so then how did you, I don't remember how you found Touched by a Horse and how you found my EGC program, I'm, but it was my lucky day when you did, but I don't remember your story of what led you to it. Well, I was driving to work and through our little community, there's a coffee shop and they had put up on the blackboard, live the life you love. And and that saying had been out there, but for some reason, it just really hit me hard that, you know, I have a wonderful life, a wonderful husband, a great career, but you know, there's something missing. It's not quite as fulfilling. There's a piece missing. And so I set out on a mission to figure out what that was. And of course, where do you go? But the internet and get stuck in internet surfing. And lo and behold, your website came up. It was about three o'clock in the morning. I started filling out the application right then through tears. This is what I need to do. I just knew I needed to do it. I had no idea what I was applying for. It's like, (laughs) this is right. I don't remember when that was. It wasn't Shortly thereafter, I was uh, in the program and on the first call. Uh, Just so happy that you were. So fantastic to have you here. And during your course in Touched by a Horse, we ask you to form a website and form a name for your company and a lot of business support in doing that. And you came up with an unusual name. I want you to say it, spell it, and define it for me. Oh, no, I didn't know it was going to be a spelling test. (laughs) It's... (laughs) Xanthus Equine Gestalt Center. And Xanthus is X-A-N-T-H-U-S. And Xanthus is one of two paired horses, Baileus and Xanthus, were Achilles horses in Greek mythology. And I was really drawn to the relationship that they had. Achilles, of course, I think people know him as the warrior, the big warrior, the Trojan War, but he had this phenomenal relationship with those horses. And Xanthus in particular was told to not predict Achilles' future. And he loved him so much that he did. And as a result of that, horses in Greek mythology became mute. They still had the wisdom and the knowledge, but they couldn't express it. And that was just a really moving story for me. And I desired to have that relationship with my horses. And I wanted my clients to be able to experience that connection as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's beautiful. I remembered when you start speaking about that story, then it all kind of comes back to me, but I hadn't put the name together with it. So yeah, that's when horses became mute. Well, sad to say, but we have found a way to listen to them, haven't we? At EGC, we found a way to give them a voice and let them speak.
Right after you were certified, you went to work for a nonprofit organization. Can you walk us through like how you found that or how they found you and what that was about for you personally? What drew you to this nonprofit? Well, I think it was uh, divinely inspired, if I can say that. We kind of had a mutual person in common, which is Tom, who introduced me to the CEO of the organization. And it's an organization that works with and provides uh, shelter and support services for youth in crisis, not just youth at risk, but youth in crisis. And I began speaking with her about the program, what I thought that I could offer to their clients. And she was very much interested and wanted to know more about it. What's it like? What's it like? And of course, how do you put into words something that is so experiential and moving and heartfelt? And so out of my mouth comes, well, I know, I'll just do a demonstration for you. (laughs) So she said, of course. I put on a demonstration, a small workshop, and it was uh, the CEO, the board members, and some of the directors, program directors. Well, no pressure. No pressure. And at that point, I didn't have any of my own horses. So I had committed to this. So now I'm where am I going to do this? So I found a woman up by where we lived that actually had a riding academy. And I asked her if I could do it. She's like, I have riding horses. And I'm like, that's okay. It, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll work out just fine. So we agreed on the, the day, the time, everything was set up on a, on a beautiful summer morning. And I went to the facility and got there and she was loading up all her horses to take her students on a trail ride. And she said, oh my gosh, I forgot you were coming. (laughs) So she said, "Uh, chairs, she took chairs, everything. So I had the facility and she said, well, I have my two horses. I honestly don't remember their names. They're grazing out in the pasture. So I'm like, oh great, now I've got to compete with grass and no chairs. So. You know, we just went with it. We took blankets out of the car, put them in the pasture where the horses were, laid them out in a connected circle, sat down and just did what I do. Well, lo and behold, up from way below in that pasture came these two beautiful, wise, sage horses. It was phenomenal. There wasn't a dry eye. By the time we were done, the board members through tears were saying, there's no way we're not going to offer this for our clients. So the rest was history. And I always say it to me that horses have proven a thousand times they really are disinterested in what we think and deeply interested in what we feel. So when you were doing the thinking, they keep grazing. And as soon as you moved everybody with your beautiful heart into their feeling, here they come. They show up so big. It's like picking up the phone, right? And they just show up so, so big. So you went on from there. They they had you come uh, to their rescue and you started working with these young teens. So for this podcast, before we get into the science, I want you to speak to what that was like for you to be working with some of these kids, Not obviously not naming names, but what were some of the kids that you worked with and what kind of crisis were they facing? The only thing that's coming to mind in my heart is tearing at my heartstrings as a mom myself to be working with youth and 
hearing where they had been and what they had been through was really moving. Their courage, their capacity, their willing to look at themselves and their desire to heal and go forward, even though everything that they had been through, they were 100% of them had the night before been living on the street. They weren't even living in a place fit for humans. They had all kinds of abuse, any kind that you can think of, often perpetrated by those that should have been protecting them and caring for them. So their own family members, they were dual diagnosed with significant mental issues and dealing with drug and addiction problems. I remember you sharing with me, many of them had grown up and their parents were homeless and therefore they were homeless and suicidal, some of them, and sad and depressed. And who wouldn't be, right? Given their same situation, who wouldn't be? So I love that you opened your heart to them and all that you are, Jacqueline, is the magic sauce in in this whole thing. So now, Tom, you watched or witnessed or handled for Jacqueline in some of her work. Is that right? That's true, Melissa. Yeah, I've been doing the horse handling for her quite some time. And so what were you observing? Here you are with your PhD and your clinical brain and and your huge heart and you're watching this and you had seen a lot of other equine assisted work. So I think you were already a believer that horses are very powerful in here. But what did you start to take note of? Well, at the time, I I too was connected with the organization that uh, Jackie was serving, you know, on a contractual basis and providing the, you know, the counseling for the kids that they worked with. And and so I would hear from the the staff when I was there, the stories that were were being shared, you know, with the staff members, you know, subsequent to their visit here, you know, with Jacqueline. And also they were not just commenting on, you know, the experience itself, but also speaking specific to the fact that they were observing changes in behavior and attitudes and emotions, you know, changes in feelings, uh, you know, as a result of their experience here with Jacqueline. When I was present, you know, during the sessions, I could see the behavioral changes occurring in the moment, um, you know, the shifts that were occurring, you know, in the young people that she was she was working with. And, you know, there seemed to be this synergy that existed between, you know, the three of them. Uh, you know, it was Jacqueline, it was that young person that she was working with, and the horse. The horse was actively engaged in, in this process, all that was going on. And it was, I don't know if I can use the word magical, it was almost mystical, and to some degree even spiritual in terms of like the exchange, you know, call it an energetic exchange, you know, whatever you you know you choose to call it. But there was, there was something going on there. There was that synergy between them uh, that was resulting in these profound behavioral changes in the moment. And I was impressed by the fact that they were lasting changes. You know, these weren't tertiary changes. These were changes that, that uh, you know, these kids were carrying into their lives going forward. And and I was hearing the testimony from the staff members, uh, you know, back, back at the organization that, you know, we're providing shelter and, and all sorts of different support to these people about, you know, the changes and how it, it was affecting their quality of life. And really uh, a beautiful compliment, you know, to, to what that organization was doing. And that was providing shelter and, and uh, continuing education and uh, 
mental health services, you know, to the folks that they were serving. So it was pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, very impressive stuff. So the first run that you made at doing science to prove the efficacy of our methodology, you might remember we showed it at our summit, our gathering, and it moved me so deeply because I didn't know what you were about to say. It moved me so deeply. I had to get up, go to the back of the auditorium, which was our arena. And I stood back there huddled with some good friends in tears of validation of my life's work. So I'm eternally grateful to both of you for this. You set up a way that we could find out that the kids could do it anonymously and all of that. So speak to the very first one, not the second proof of of efficacy, but the first trial run with the, I think, 89 clients of Jacqueline's that you ran, Tom, setting that up and, and what you did. I went to Jacqueline and she can, you know, she can kind of reflect here on that conversation on, you know, the conversation we have. I went to Jacqueline and I asked her, I said, you know, you know how would you describe the method and what, what what's occurring in that process? And do you remember what, you know, what you shared? What I was seeing happen with these clients is they were getting an understanding and clarity of what had happened to them, what had transpired, and they were able to heal it. And we, we could process in a way that was healing for them. So they gained closure and understanding of what had happened and were able to move forward. Right to the heart of the gestalt. Yes. Right. They looked at their unfinished business happened and what was not closed for them. Right. And you beautifully took it out, worked with it, and they were able to close it and have clarity. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So be, because of what, you know, Jacqueline had shared, uh, you know, and what I knew to be true, you know, characteristically of the clients that, you know, she was working with, the participants that she was working with, because like I said, I, I had connectivity to that organization as a, a clinical director. It occurred to me that what we were seeing was, you know, things like increased hope, uh, you know, for the future and increased sense of self-esteem that was, you know, occurring, you know, as a result of what they were experiencing, uh, you know, during these sessions. I said to Jacqueline, hey, you know, in further conversation that there, there had to be a way for us to be able to document that, not just the anecdotal information, you know, that we were getting from many people to including the clients themselves, but there, there had to be some way, some concrete way uh, to be able to represent that, to quantify that. So we came up with the idea after much conversation, we came up with the idea that we would use a survey. And what we decided to use was a liquid item survey that basically employs uh, the use of scaled responses to specific questions that you craft in the way that the survey requires that you, you know, that, that you craft. Historically, in the past, from what I knew to be true, was that there were other, many other studies that were done in reference to animal-assisted, you know, psychotherapy. And it all had to do with soliciting feedback from the clinician, you know, or from the, the professional that was involved in the process. I worked hard to try to see if anyone else had used the, the approach that we were using, and, and I just, I couldn't find it. So I believe we were, we were the the first to actually go forward and use a survey in such a way that it focused specifically on the responses from the clients post sessions. Right. And anonymously, it's not like Jacqueline gave them the survey and then they had to look her in the eye 
gave it back. So that's, I think that's such an important distinction. Large enough group. It was a well done survey and that they could do it anonymously. So if, you know, if they weren't happy or they didn't feel like it made a difference, they could easily say that nobody would ever know who said what. And I think that's a really important distinction here. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Were you surprised by the results or compared to other studies, did the results stand out to you? It did, yes, they, they did. Because what we, uncharacteristically of other studies that I had ever been privy to, this particular study indicated that there were only really two categories of responses that were occurring throughout the, the entire 73 surveys that we selected randomly for, for, the, uh, for the analysis, for the statistical analysis. And it, it, was, it was a surprise to me that we would have such strong responses in the category of the uh, clients agreeing consistently that when queried about changes in feelings of hopefulness for the future, that these clients were strongly agreeing that at the uh, the end of those uh, sessions, you know, their impression of what their future might be like had changed drastically, and they were strongly in favor of believing that uh, there was hope for the future. And they were also responding to, to questions, you know, regarding self-esteem, and they were agreeing, you know, to the whole idea that the feelings that they had, you know, toward themselves and their whole level of self-esteem had, had changed to such a great degree because of the experience they were having, you know, with Jacqueline, you know, using that methodology. So we represented the results of those studies, Melissa, uh, statistically using descriptive statistics, which, you know, would have been certainly enough to draw the conclusions that we drew, you know, from the study. But chose to go on and look at the independent, we did choose to go on to look at the independent variables in the study as well to see if there was, you know, relationships that existed to those independent variables. And, you know, the independent variables included things like the methodology and then also the behavioral changes that the uh, kids were reporting that they were experiencing. So we went ahead and did that and we were able to demonstrate using a, a chi-square test that, you know, there there was an indication that there was a, a relationship between the methodology that was being used and the behavioral changes that um, the uh, kids that were participating, you know, in the sessions were reporting. So it was a really, it was a really powerful study and uh, with uh, outcomes that have far-reaching implications. I did get the bottom line to it, which was how successful it was. So for me, when I, when I heard that, of course, I was deeply moved. I also wasn't 
terribly surprised that your beautiful wife, you Jacqueline, was not the magic sauce because I knew from being with you for two and a half years of your studying with me that you are kind, that you make deep contact with people, that you're a a great kind of earth mother energy with young people, that I was not surprised that you personally doing the work that I had created was not a phenom experience. I I knew people could not be in your presence with the horse doing this method and, and it would be a phenom experience. However, we also wanted to prove that the magic sauce wasn't just Jacqueline. So the next year we chose, and Tom, correct me because it's been a while. I think we had six of our certified practitioners that participated the following year replicating a scale and they went out with their own clients and replicated it and sent their results to you independently. The six people did not talk together. It was all done in a blind study again. So was it six? Was that have the right number? Six practitioners. Yes. And they were all different. One works solely with dentists and another one was working with mothers and daughters. They were all different populations from what you were working with, Jacqueline. And, and what did the two of you find out after running that that year? What did you find out was the truth of the work? The results uh, you know, remained, for the most part, consistent across all of the uh, different populations that we had you know, surveyed at that point in time. Um, you know, like you said, there were, there were six participants in the study that, you know, Jacqueline and you know, five other members you know, of the herd. And, you know, we ended up with, uh, I believe it was 271 surveys that we analyzed, you know, and the results of uh, the analysis of those 271 surveys ran for the most part parallel with what we saw with the original study that, um, you know, Jacqueline had done. So, you know, which speaks to the strength of the, uh, you know, the methodology that, that it has that consistency and reliability. And that, that's what you look for, you know, when, when you do these studies and, and also the ability to uh, replicate, you, you know, the outcomes or the results of the analysis, you know, that you do in, in any research study. It, you know, again, it's the strength in that, you know, and the validity of that research is your ability to replicate those outcomes. And in this case, you know, we were able to do that. I think that the three of us are all believers in the power and the sentience of horses being with humans for healing, that that is a big assist to have that large animal present with its heart, with all that it can do. What I found was that while I'm a huge proponent of the whole industry, that this validated our equine gestalt coaching specifically. And so for our listeners, I want you to know that on touchbyhorse.com, you can find all of the science. You can find another interview that we did with Jacqueline and Tom. Also some infographics, some short studies, the actual studies themselves. So if you're a scientist, you can do a deep dive into the details. If you're somebody in the industry and you're curious about about it, you can certainly see it there. More importantly, if you're somebody that is saying, would this form of work with a horse work for me with my issues, with what's happened to me in life, with what I'm carrying, with the load I have on my shoulders? Is this the methodology for me? I think you can look at Tom and Jacqueline's science and all that we have on there and find out that it really is cross-population. It goes to an 
awful lot of different people. It is trauma-informed uh, training that our students go through. And as I've said in other podcasts, we have graduates all over the United States, Canada, and in a few foreign countries as well. Thank you both for being with me today. Kind of a short dive into the science, hopefully just enough to get people go uh, to our website and take a little deeper dive. And I also want to thank Hope Through Horses. Hope Through Horses is a sponsor of this podcast, and we're very grateful to them. They are an incredibly warm, loving nonprofit group and board that support people who may need a little financial assistance to work with one of our practitioners or financial assistance to come into our program to become trained as a practitioner of the method itself. Any final thoughts, Miss Jacqueline or Tom, that you want to leave our listeners today? The thing that really impressed me the most, Melissa, was Jacqueline's abilities to take that methodology and, and, and apply it in that way like i said to me when i i saw it it was magical it was mystical and i do believe that she does have that magic sauce that you you know that that you referred to Uh, you know and you know just having the opportunity to experience that i'm eternally grateful for that you bet absolutely you two have been married how long tom 42 years 42 years with miss magic sauce you're a lucky yeah you're a lucky man for sure (laughs) For sure. Well, thank you both. Jacqueline, you know I love you. And I uh, look forward to, I wish we had more than one evening out per year, right, at the melting pot. But I always look forward to that evening a lot with the two of you. And we love you a lot at Touched by a Horse and are grateful to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, you Melissa, and feel the same way. And I did want to share that I am living a life that I love. I can't say it without tearing up, beyond my wildest thoughts of what it could ever be. Thank you for that, Melissa. I'm so glad. Thank Thank you for that. You're very welcome. It's been quite a journey. Well, I love you both. Thank you. Yes, it has. (laughs) Thank you so much. And our blessings to all of you who are listening to this podcast today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And next week, my crazy Dane will be back with me. We're going to be talking about some other topics next week. Thank you so, so much. Please go to our website and check out the science these two incredible angels did for me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.